Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Jerry Schimmel is a fascinating man. Just consider his website, which lists his name with the following words underneath. Broadcaster, author, cyclist, motivational speaker, and plane crash survivor? In part one, we're gonna learn about his background, but if you're wondering about him surviving a plane crash, well, you're gonna have to wait for part two. In the meantime, let's get to it. I recently asked for recommendations for potential guests and Jen, a really cool mom of two at my kid's school, immediately messaged me about Jerry Schemmel. Boy, was Jen right. Jerry Schemmel is a man of many passions and talents, something you quickly discover by visiting his website or speaking to him. I appreciate his honesty and I appreciate his integrity, which he showed in how he and his teammates handled a tough way to lose a state championship game in football. Also, Jerry's yet another example of someone who's carved out a career connected to sports without ever receiving the multi-million dollar paychecks. Let's get right to it. Well, I am so excited to have as my guest today, Jerry Schemmel. Jerry, thank you so much for taking some time to visit with me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure, Sean. Well, Jerry, I know we were introduced through our mutual friend, Jennifer, and tell me a little bit about how you and Jennifer know one another. Yeah, we kind of ran the same circles for a while. We're from the same area in South Dakota. She's from the big city from Sioux Falls, and I'm from the little town outside there called Madison, South Dakota. But uh, we got lots of mutual friends and introduced that way and kind of ran in the same circles with uh, the same people. Wonderful. So, Jerry, growing up in that small town in South Dakota, what was your favorite childhood sports-related memory? Oh, gosh, I think it was um, probably playing football in high school back then, back in the 70s when I played. They didn't have playoffs, but uh, Madison at this little, uh, little town of Madison was the smallest school in the classification back then it was a and it was b and we were an a and we we're the smallest school in the state and we almost won the the state football uh, championship we played the this sort of uh, unofficial playoffs and and got beat in this game 14 to 12 and uh could have been state champs that year but that's probably the best memory i have played all the sports but that's probably the biggest one well lots of ways to get to 12 points but how did you guys get to 12 points yeah we scored two touchdowns in this two extra points. So uh, that was, that was the story of our season right there. Yeah. We played a school called Yankton, Yankton, South Dakota, and uh, they're ranked number one and we were ranked number two. And uh, I think we were ahead 12 to nothing at halftime and they came back and scored and we had a chance to kick a field goal. My, my wife is just laughing right now because uh, she, she's baffled that I can remember all this stuff from uh, <laughs> 40 years ago. Um, but we had a chance to kick a 36 yard field goal with like 10 seconds left and our kicker missed that one as well so we lost Ooh, poor guy what's he up to these days do you know yeah that, yeah i'm still in contact with him i think he's selling insurance back in south dakota in sioux falls and uh doing great and uh, he has been forgiven many times over by all of us so it's uh, yeah. it's all good Hey, Jerry, uh, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? 
Yeah, I had a baseball coach, uh, Lonnie Island was his name, that, uh, that coached me a couple of different times in the summertime. And uh, he was uh, probably the biggest influence on me. It was always a positive thing. He, he never got on anybody for striking out or making an error. Everything was just positive, positive. And he encouraged us to try different positions and try different things and pitch and catch and play the outfield and play the infield. And um, just a really positive guy that uh, did nothing but win with his teams that he coached. So probably probably that guy had the biggest influence on me. And I was probably in my teens, early teens at that time. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenger defeat when you were younger? Yeah, I think I probably had more defeats than I had wins. Uh, so I always thought about this, Sean. I always thought about when you lose, you seem to learn more. You seem to, to be able to take lessons that you can move ahead with. When you win, you're so ecstatic and you think you're so great that you don't learn anything. You just you just learn how to bask. Um, so I, I never like to lose, but I always welcome the losses in a certain way because they always seem to have an effect on me and, and teammates as well. Um, I mean, it, it's easy to to move on when you're winning, but when you're losing, to pick yourself back up is always a little bit more challenging, but it's also more rewarding because you learn things. So I think just a series of events like that uh, growing up to probably really shaped me. And how did you respond after that football game loss? I mean, that's a tough way to lose. How did your teammates respond to the kicker? Yeah, um, with love, because our coach always preached that, hey, we're in this together. We're going to win together. We're going to lose together. And uh, John Seitz is doing his job. He's doing the best job. We just didn't have great kickers on our team. I don't think anybody did back then, but we, we never held it against him. Uh, it was always, there was hugs and high fives, even if we lost the game and he missed the, the field goal that could have won it. So uh, that's just the way that our coach preached things. And that's what, what we did. Um, but to answer your question, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Um, that was a big deal when you're 17, 18 years old and you, you lose a game like that. Um, I remember my brother, my older brother, drove up from Topeka, Kansas to watch the game. So mm -hmm. he was our, our like fan of the year for coming up and watching that. Drove six hours or something. And he talks about it still, how he thought we had it at halftime and we let it get away and all that. So it hurt, but there are certainly great lessons to be learned from it as well. Mm, that's so amazing that your team handled that so well and that your coach was such a good model for that idea of, you know, win together, lose together. So that's great. Who's an unsung hero from your childhood who was key to your development as a student athlete? Uh, I think it was probably the influence of my older brother. Uh, Jeff was a, a track star um, and he went to Kansas State. He probably should have made the Olympic team in 1980, but it was boycotted and he didn't have a chance to go. But he was really a, a great uh, track and field middle distance guy. And he told me a couple of different times, well, probably many different times, Sean. He said, you don't have to follow in my footsteps. Do your own thing. Follow your own path. And so mine ended up to be baseball in college. And, and I, I tried to do the track and field thing. I thought it was cool what he was doing and had all his accolades and all his attention. And I just didn't have that talent to run. I was decent, but I wasn't great. But his encouragement to do other things, say, baseball is probably more fun than track and field, he would tell me, or football, whatever it might be. So just pursue your interests. I would say that that advice, uh, that talk to my older brother probably was as influential as anything. What's one thing you would tell your 8, 12, or 16-year-old self? <laughs> uh, I would 
I would say my eight-year-old self just to have fun. And I probably did that when I was, uh, when I was eight years old, 12 years old, I started to get real competitive and I stopped growing. <laughs> I was bigger than a lot of kids growing up that about age 12 or 13, I stopped growing. And all of a sudden I was the guard of the basketball team rather than the forward. Um, and then as a 16 year old, I think it would be, Hey, roll up your sleeves and get the job done. And that was because I, I came from a family that was seven kids and parents didn't have much money. We're always on our own. We, we had to do everything on our own and pay for everything. And, and I just couldn't wait to get out of, out of the house and move away after uh, high school was over. And I got to college and I wanted to you know drink as much beer as I could. And I just, at, at, at age 16, I'm thinking, that's just what I want to do. It's everybody's, that's what's cool. It's what everybody wants to do. Looking back on it now, I would tell my 16 year old self, no, 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 that that's not the route you need to take. Go work hard, but get your education, uh, take care of things and, 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 and don't abuse anything, including alcohol. So um, I would tell my 16 year old self, and I have done this many times, actually, Sean, hey, uh, change your path a little bit and, and get your priorities straight. What's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle or high school? Uh, I I think it was probably uh, establishing my own identity. Um, I had this older brother and and his, you know, his fame kind of overshadowed all of us. And he seemed to get all the attention. And and I I always kind of resented that just a little bit, I think, almost subconsciously. So uh, after I got past that, it's like, you know, you're your own guy. You're not Jeff. You're you're Jerry. Go do what you want to do and do it as best you can. And when I decided to do that, everything kind of changed. But that was one thing I wrestled with a little bit. And I think all my siblings did, even uh, the ones that my sister that was older than Jeff. Um, So I I think we, we all do that. We all did that. But today, Sean, you, you can't even believe how close we are. There's seven of us and we uh, we couldn't be closer as a family. So we just had a family reunion last uh, July. All of us, all seven of us got together with our kids, some grandkids. We rented a house on the beach in uh, the Outer Banks in North Carolina. That was 23 bedrooms and 24 bathrooms. <laughs> and we all got together for a week. So uh, extremely close. So obviously all of us got past all that. That is awesome. That's so great to hear. Looking back, what was something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your athletic journey? Yeah. Um, I remember my parents just encouraging us to do anything that we wanted to do. If we wanted to wrestle, if we wanted to play baseball, if we wanted to do this. Now, they didn't have any money to give us to pay for things, but they, and, and it really didn't cost much back then to, to participate. But they just always encouraged us to do what we wanted to do. Um, and, and I think that was important. You know, if football came around, dad would be like, hey, I'm all excited about football. And then basketball season, track and field came around. I golfed one year in, college, in high school school, um, ran track and, and did wrestled, you know, did all kinds of things because of the encouragement of my parents. And they were always, they weren't like totally into every sport that we were into, but they encouraged us to, to branch out and just uh, experiment with different things. How did you get to Washburn University and get the opportunity to play baseball there? 
Yeah. The Ichabods, uh, one of the great mascots in, in uh, college sports is the Washburn Ichabods. You know, Sean, I went to South Dakota State for two years, just played baseball there, and, and wasn't playing a whole lot and just didn't see myself playing much after that. So uh, my older brother, Jeff, that I mentioned, and the baseball coach at Washburn were friends. They both went to Kansas State. Uh, Steve Anson, the late Steve Anson, that was a baseball player, very good one at Kansas State. Those two knew each other, and so uh, they connected me, and, and I uh, moved to Topeka, Kansas, and played for the Ichabods for a couple of years for a guy that he, a very good friend of mine, Steve Anson. Uh, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, yeah, I ended up at Washburn probably because uh, it was an NAI school. I thought I had a chance to play more, which I did. And plus my family had that connection. What was that experience like for you to be able to play college baseball? It was it was awesome. It, it was great. You know, and, and the more, Sean, the more I'm away from it, the more I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it, it, no matter if you, if you never play, if you're on a team in college, you're a college athlete. Yeah. No one can ever yeah. take that away from you. And when my daughter graduated from high school and recruited to play volleyball, um, I told her the same thing because she, she was an NAI tech, but we know what a great player, but she was a good small college player. And I said, Hey, Maggie, is, uh, if you, go and play one game at, at Baker University where she ended up going, you're a college athlete and no one can ever take that away from you. And you always have that. So um, it was, uh, to me, it was a great experience. I tell uh, anybody who has an opportunity to play college sports at any level, doesn't matter if it's division one or NAIA to go for it, because it's uh, an experience you will never regret. As a parent of two, what was your philosophy in guiding your kids experience through youth sports? Yeah. Um, it was to have them do what they wanted to do and not push them into anything. Our daughter was a great athlete. Our son wasn't a great athlete. He was a great student. Uh, he scored 34 in his ACT. Um, I, and I told him I, I took that ACT three times, didn't add up to 34. So, <laughs> Uh, no, but, uh, you know, Ryan was this was wonderful student, this whiz and and just a phenomenal uh, the way his brain works. And then his older sister was the athlete. And I we just always encouraged them to try stuff, kind of like our parents did, my wife and I's parents. And it was, hey, if you want to play baseball, great. If you don't, don't, don't have to. Just because I played college baseball doesn't mean you, you need to play it. Or if you have an interest in doing something else, uh, we encourage them to do that. So um, that was it. It was, hey. Just do what you want to do, and when you do it, we'll support you as best we can. We'll go to all the matches, all the games, or whenever we can, and we'll be there for you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.